Welcome to season four of The Culture of Kindness. My name is Nahala Summers and I am your host. A culture of kindness is based on the idea that by bringing kindness into leadership, we reduce stress, anxiety, make happier workplaces, and in turn, improve the bottom line for any organization or institution. It is a book, leadership program, accreditation, and of course, this wonderful podcast. Kindness has been my life's work since I founded the social movement for kindness back in 2012 called Sunshine People. And it has kept me interested on what people have to say on the complexities of kindness ever since. The guest lineup is exceptional. From politicians to social media influencers, best-selling authors to BBC presenters, an eclectic mix of people who all have completely different views on kindness, how we get it and where the world is currently at. If you enjoy this episode, then please do show your support for kindness by subscribing to the podcast, leave a five-star review or simply invest in the book, aptly named A Culture of Kindness, available on Amazon. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoy. Sonali, thank you so much for coming on a Culture of Kindness podcast season four. Really uh, honoured to have you on. I'm excited to talk to you about your career, which is a lengthy career within broadcasting, along with your ambassador roles that um, I think really epitomise everything that there is around kindness and and talk about some of the kindness within youth. Um, I think that will be such an important conversation for us to have today. But just to give a summary to those uh, people who have been living under a rock and don't know who you are, uh, maybe just give a summary of who you are, uh, what makes up you and uh, and what makes you happy in life. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm a bit nervous because I don't know <laughs> how much I'll be able to enlighten anyone about kindness or add to the conversation but um, so I may end up asking you some questions as I usually do when being interviewed as any journalist probably (laughs) does they're always more comfortable asking the questions but thank you so much for having me on it's very kind of you (laughs) yes I'm Sonali Shah Um, introduce myself gosh that's weirdly that's a bit tough sometimes Um, I've been a broadcaster for 20 years now. I know that because I just turned 40 this summer and I started working in the summer that I turned 21. So yeah, nearly nearly 20 years I've been a journalist. Um, And um, it's been a varied career. I started off primarily as a, a business journalist and then ended up presenting Newsround, the kids' news programme in my late 20s. Um, lots of live events, especially sporting events. And then a lot of my time is spent going around the country looking for houses as people want to escape to the country. So it's it, I have a, a varied portfolio, which I absolutely love. I started with a love of radio and then sort of ended up accidentally moving to TV. Um, even though my dissertation at university was in radio and I always saw I wouldn't go into TV because it wasn't my first love. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I think perhaps I'm in this career, actually. I was thinking about things last night, knowing that I was going to speak to you 
And in many ways, I think I'm, it's an accidental career. I was a science geek at school and wanted to be a doctor. And many people have probably, anyone who's read anything about me will already know this story. But I did want to be a doctor. And then my mum persuaded me not to. But I think it's all come about because of volunteering at a hospital radio station. I never thought about it like that before. But the prospect of speaking to you and speaking about kindness made me realise that I'm only really in this career because of a very tiny act of kindness that, you know, everyone in my school was encouraged to do, which was to volunteer. And then I found a love of broadcasting, which I would have never have thought of had I not volunteered. Yes. Hospital radio station. So it's funny how things turn out. But actually, thank you for making me realise that. I, you know, I'm 40 and it's the first time I've ever thought about that. Oh wow! I feel very honoured that when when something starts a seed, plants a seed, and starts something to grow, it's it's a great honour. You asked me what makes me happy. Actually, I didn't yeah. answer. What makes you happy? I wish I thought about this. I didn't know you were going to <laughs> ask. What makes me happy? Um, there's all the classic answers, so I don't know whether to go little things or big things. Should I go little things or big? I things? think you should tell us them all. Go little and big. Tell us what they are. A great cup of coffee, Mm. or a good glass of wine, or a a delicious piece of dark chocolate. It's all the kind of anything that just brings about that sense of happiness. And I'm a real foodie, so food makes me happy. You know, a big bowl of dal or pasta makes me happy. So I think, yeah, a lot of food will feature heavily in most of my happy experiences. <laughs> I may be a little bit obsessed and plan my days and my holidays around food. Um, and then the bigger picture is family makes me happy, but at the same time, time out makes me happy. So it's funny how we always sometimes don't see the happiness while we're in it because we're so busy in it. And when I'm running around after the kids, I'm not sure I give off that happy thing, but it's only when you reflect back and it's like, oh, that was a lovely morning to have a cuddle in bed. But at the time I'm probably going, oh, get off and you're up too early and let me sleep more. And, you know, so family definitely makes me happy. And then time out by myself makes me very happy with a good program I love the company of the TV I'm a TV addict as well as a food addict and just time out but lots of things make me happy to be honest there's not a lot that makes me unhappy which is which is a lucky place to be in in many ways I hope so you have two children is it I have two children a seven-year-old called Ariana and a four-year-old called Rafi wow and their lives are kind of uh, played out in school, I guess. Are they both at school now? Or they're just... both at school and they're lucky enough. We're, we're, we're talking in the middle of the, towards the end of the second lockdown period in England. And last time they weren't at school. So it's, a, it's an unusual year for all of us, isn't it? And actually made us all step back and think about life and what we want from it and what we appreciate from it. Um, I had so many plans for the year 2020, the year I turned 40, so many plans. And really, I had to change them very quickly. And just I said to someone, I just want to be alive by the end of it. And I feel like that might be an achievement. Now, of course, that sounds like an exaggeration now as we've kind of we're in the second wave and things are becoming a bit clearer and there's hopes of a vaccine. But at the beginning, honestly, in March and April, I was just 
let's just get through this alive and keep our loved ones alive and that's all we can kind of hope for and instead of throwing I think I was in survival mode when it comes to family businesses work everything I just said we need to manage our expectations perhaps we don't need to thrive this year perhaps we just need to survive and that will be 2020's version of thriving so I think what we I just reset everything at the beginning of this year I was homeschooling for quite a bit um, and yeah both the kids are at school and I think that's brought a real sense of normality that a lot of people haven't had I don't really work from home as a most of it is filming so today is a very unusual day where I'm in the playroom with the piano and um, the fire's on which I just put on because it's the coldest day of autumn it's freezing out there um, and I don't really work from home so I don't have this sense of feeling trapped in my house or wanting to get away or wanting to go on holiday I'm really loving any day at home because I've been out filming around the country whenever the rules have allowed and my husband works out of the house as well and the kids are out of at school at the moment and hopefully will be until they break up for Christmas so we've had a sense of normality that I think a lot of other people haven't had my dad is a key worker as a pharmacist and so I think our lives haven't changed as much as other people's lives who've really had to adjust or they've lost their job so I think we're in a sort of luckier position in that sense although a lot has been affected and we've had months of not really I've had months of not really working yeah. as often I do, but sort of appreciative. COVID has had an impact on human connection, kindness, the way that we connect in a in a positive or negative way. How have you seen that that's changed? For me, I think it's highlighted actually people's. I, I think it has changed some people. I think it's made some people realise they were perhaps going at too fast a pace or their lives were overpacked full of social engagement so many people I've talked to and I've, I've been making an effort during the second lockdown as I'm not working as much I've had a, a week and a half off you know I've, I've been away working a lot um, since August and I've had a, a, a few days off and I've made an effort to try and have a daily walk with a neighbor or a school mom or um, a, a friend and a lot of people have said to me I'm actually glad that the social pressure has gone. Mm. So I think it's allowed people to reevaluate what they were constantly saying yes to, social engagements, the birthday parties you have to drop your kid to every weekend, um, and all of those things, the classes, the endless clubs people were signed up for, and the classes and the after-school activities, all the extracurriculars. We've all had to go back down to basics. So I think some people are glad of a bit of a reset, but in many ways, I think we're all going to fall into old habits, whether we want to or not. I think it's brought out the best in so many people, but I think it's also highlighted the unkindness in people. I think the mask issue is such a, a great way of seeing that, that I've heard so many people on phone-ins on the radio saying, I don't want to wear a mask. I don't, why do I need to wear a mask? And, and to try and get through to someone going, okay, well, I accept that, you know, scientifically, yeah, it's going to protect you only this amount, perhaps, or the messaging is not very clear, perhaps. But at the very least, even if there's a chance you're keeping someone else safe, isn't it the kindest thing to do? And my dad in a pharmacy, not everyone comes in with a mask and he didn't want to get into a fight with people. No. So at the age of 67, being an Asian man, and we know that people from 
certain backgrounds are being hit a little bit harder with COVID for whatever reason that might be, perhaps the job they're in or, or perhaps of pre-existing conditions or mm. the lifestyle they're leading or the life that they're in or the joint families they live in. He is someone who is, is at risk because of his age and his ethnicity and his job. And people are walking into his pharmacy not wearing a mask. And if he asks them, not all of them want to put on a mask. Is that kind? I don't think so. I feel quite upset about that, that those people are not looking after my dad, who has ended up being the front line of this as hospitals started to close down and doctor surgeries were closed down to walk-ins and all of those things, that he became the front line in March. And he, he you know, he's been working full time. He's handing out flu jabs at the moment, probably as we speak. And to not walk in with a mask on, to not protect him, it's not about you and not realising that. I think it's really highlighted what kindness means. And, yeah, it sort of riled me up in a way and made me really angry about things, which I'm not sure the discussions about or realisations about kindness should. But it has made me mad because it's made me think, why do you not understand that you're protecting other people, yeah. not yourself? Yeah. Um, so I think this has highlighted the great in people and the coming together in the communities. And, you know, we've now got a WhatsApp group on our road where we check on each other. We've got an Ocado shop or other supermarkets are available. Um, but I've been there for 10 years and I interviewed the Ocado CEO the other day and I did confess to, to that. Um, it, it, we always tell each other or we just check in on each other or it was my neighbor's 69th birthday and she lost her husband at the beginning of the pandemic he was in a care home and she was walking just down the road on her own and she said oh it's my 69th uh, 79th sorry 79th birthday now she's on her own I can't really do anything with her apart from maybe go for a walk but I just dropped around some flowers now that's not I don't want to thanks for that that's not for me I did that because I just thought, well, she's on her own and she's not able to have friends around and let me do something. It's very easy, isn't it, to be kind? Yeah. Probably we don't all do it enough, including me. I just don't think we do it enough. And we have to remind ourselves that it's so easy for these little, I, I find the little acts of kindness a lot easier where I don't want the thanks. In fact, I get a bit embarrassed about it, but I think, if someone does that for me, it then makes me think about doing it for someone else. So the whole pay it forward thing is so huge. It sounds like a cliche, but if we all did it, yeah. it's such a thing that spreads. Kindness is infectious, isn't it? Yeah, there's so much that you talk about there. It's the, the kindness is the standing in the shoes of somebody else. You know, that empathy to say, I understand how you may feel. And, you know, seeing your father you know, that example of your father is such a good one that other people wouldn't think, how can I protect the people around me? And that's kindness. That's always kindness. When we look, you know, people say, yes, but you should, you should take care of yourself. Yes, you should. But actually, first and foremost, we have to look outside of ourselves and look at the people around us and how do we protect them? And uh, and you brought up just such a brilliant example there. And I love the flowers to the neighbour. You know, again, that's standing in the shoes of somebody else and saying, you know, if I was on my own, what would be a really nice thing to do? 
you know what would i what would i feel and and having some flowers bought and just being able to have a sense that somebody is thinking of me on my birthday is it's is a big gesture actually yes of course it's the flowers but it's the thought that's gone into getting the flowers to take them there to to think about them in a different way and uh but I'm not sure I thought about it like that. Actually, that's a really nice way of putting it. I don't know if I think of it as putting myself in someone else's shoes. Maybe I should. I didn't think, oh, what would my neighbour want on her birthday? I actually just thought, she's walking home. I'm walking with a friend and then I'm going to pop to the supermarket. And there's, it's easy for me to... I mean, it was something so easy. It was even... In a way, it felt, I don't know, maybe it was a bit selfish, actually. I don't know. But it was easy to get that. It was no, I wasn't even going out of my way. I was going to the supermarket anyway. I wasn't going out of my way to deliver them. I'm going home anyway, and she lives next door. So I'm not even sure I went through that thought process that you have vocalized or put into words for me. I'm not sure I've had. But even on a selfish level with the mask thing, even if you don't want to protect someone else, aren't you doing a little bit to protect yourself or are we going into kind of evidence and science and it, it just feels like people are so you're it's against my liberties I have my right not to wear a mask but you're but that's odd isn't it so will you sign up to maybe not getting the vaccine <laughs> or will you sign up to not being treated by that pharmacist or there are consequences to actions aren't there that people don't consider because they're just thinking thinking of the immediate thing right there and then I I think they're just angry aren't they sometimes it's just about something else they're just angry about we're all annoyed that our lives have been curtailed or put on pause aren't we a little bit or we're all some people I, I know it's suiting some people and and actually for a lot of people who you're able to work from home and continue, they found a a better way of living in many ways. It's so interesting how this has affected people in in a whole spectrum. And for some people it's been the worst year and for some people it's actually been a really positive year apart from obviously the health implications of people suffering, but really positive in what they've discovered about how they can work and live. And that's, it's unbelievable really that the same pandemic and a pandemic can have such different responses from people and different outcomes for people yeah absolutely do you think that you know I mean you are in the heart of the media and you know there's lots of people saying I just I just can't bear to watch the news anymore I just I cannot bring myself to be part of it because I just it, it's too much for people. Do you see? Do you see that that's the case? Do you think that we can make changes for that? Well, I think that's okay. I think that's so healthy to recognise what your brain and you as a person can deal with and what you can't deal with. Rolling news isn't there for someone to watch twenty four seven. Rolling news is there so that when you feel ready for information, it's there, and. Other people prefer to watch set news programs like the morning news or something at 10 o'clock at night so that they know it's been thought about and it's a prepackaged product and it's polished up and then you've got your half an hour fix and then you sort of move on. So people, I think you should make your choices about what you want to consume and how much you consume. And it's up to you to protect yourself. You, you know, we all have to be grown ups in this and you can't blame others. You can't blame 
social media for being there. You can't blame the TV for being there. You have to start to understand how much you limit for yourself and your children and your family around you. And you have to start recognizing those things. So I think it's okay to limit the amount of news. If you feel you can't handle it, that's your mind and your body's way of saying, this is not good for you. Go and find something else that will relax you. Go and play a sport or go and do some yoga or go and watch a box set or listen to a podcast about a subject that you think will empower you and enlighten you. And I think that's a really healthy way of doing things. Our Escape to the Country programs, the, the, the viewing figures have been really, really good over lockdown. People are at home. I get that. But also, I think people want escapism. Yeah. And understandably so. Lots of the travel programs have similar um, jumps in their viewing figures because people can't travel. So they're getting their fix through another means. Mm. And a lot of people are doing up their houses. I met someone yesterday who said, I love watching things because I'm doing up my house because I have time now and I want to just get ideas. So I think it's okay to choose your programming and stay away from news or only go in or only look at the figures. You know, at the beginning of the first lockdown, we were all watching that press conference every single day. Yeah. Then those death toll figures became meaningless in a weird way. Unless you really registered, hang on a minute, we are saying almost a thousand people a day are dying and you have to sort of say it back to yourself. to understand what that meant but they became meaningless so too much of anything does make things meaningless so we should all control the amount of anything the amount of you know alcohol the amount of food the amount of it it should everything as my mom would say everything in moderation everything in moderation that will keep you healthy i i absolutely um agree you know and i and i think the world is just asking for some some good news you know it's really interesting viewing figures have gone up on those sort of programs because people just want this is life it's nice watching we've got good right yeah exactly exactly and um you know I'm hoping that the news will follow suit I mean the thing is is we as humans do kind of tend to click on this whole sensationalism and when we get out of that habit then we start to see more good news right more of the kindness stories and behavior breeds behavior right so as I think we we've already talked about you know that kind of ripple of kindness that goes on you know when um somebody receives an act of kindness in in any way whether it's just somebody sat there listening and being present with you you feel inclined to go and do that behavior for somebody else right because you start to feel comfortable with doing it and um and I think we just need to find a way to encourage more of that through our media streams really that's just my my feeling um about it but um I've been hooked on the vaccine news so I really the last couple of weeks I've felt a, a weight lifted off because we suddenly had all this really great news so much better than expected you know the the percentages involved it's on another level and actually I think I've heard some people who have bought into the anti-vax kind of movement online and I've been having lots of debates and I'm very used to playing devil's advocate but I was just trying to explain to people that what how much hard work has gone into finding these vaccines and and the, and and 
And you did see sections of the media kind of almost trying to poke holes in it when it was almost impossible to because it was such a great news story. But your instinct as a journalist is to always pull people to account or make sure everything's covered. And that, I think in a way that that was what was happening. And, and people just couldn't deal with the fact that actually they, there may just be a really great news story, not just once, not just twice, but we sort of had, you know, three lots of great news about who it's working for and which fridge it needs to be kept in. And, you know, just suddenly people saw some light at the end of the tunnel and every other metaphor came out too. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, I found the news in, in that way fairly positive. I think it's gone, it's, it's starting to feel a bit negative again with people feeling quite aggrieved about which tier they might be in. But you're, again, you're in two camps. You've got the people who are, their livelihoods are being affected and you can understand that. And then you've got people who, say, well, we should only think about health and why are people worrying about their business? And without thinking about the fact that, well, that's the same as you losing your job, but you're able to work from home. So you're you're in a easier position. I think people don't think about other people who are working outside of the home, in a supermarket, in a doctor's surgery, in a hospital. And from, it's easy from the comfort of your own home to make judgments, isn't it? But if you're going out to work, putting yourself at risk every day, because you have to, because you cannot work from home. Mm. We have to think about the economy too. And it is a very difficult balancing act. And like you say, maybe we all need to just put ourselves in other people's shoes. Yes. Not enough of us do because we're worrying about ourselves so often. I, fi I find the kindness thing quite a conundrum in many ways. I think someone like me doesn't always come across as very kind. I'm such an honest person, which I always used to think naively, meant that you're being kind because you're being honest but people don't like honesty so therefore it's not very kind and so I've had to really learn and I'm still learning what is kindness to others might not be what I think is kind and what other people perceive me to be and how to handle someone like me who's a bit of a straight shooter it's really interesting I think people's perception of kindness is also very different isn't it yes now I um I'm very strong on the honesty is kindness uh camp and I guess I you like me then but <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit marmite I think <laughs> I am I'm, I'm firmly on that because what happens is if if like to try and give you a scenario that you know, somebody's in a workplace and, and obviously I do work within workplaces around kindness. And so I see this scenario and somebody isn't performing within their role very well. They're not really very happy. And then what happens is the line manager doesn't say anything because they think I just I don't want to upset them. And I yes, that's what happens in workplaces. And it's not good because one, the person's not even happy. They don't really know what they're doing wrong, but they know it's not working. The line but they might be happy. They might be happy because they're coasting. Yeah, or they might, yes. But they're not. I mean, we are human. We know that there's something not right. And the line manager then stops communicating because they don't know what to say, because they don't, they can't speak the truth. And so it just ends up in this very uh, familiar cycle of culture behavior that happens. And 
And I think it's about having honest conversations, but kindly. And um, and that's all around that standing in the shoes of somebody else and saying, I get it. I understand it. But we've got to try and find a way forwards. And sometimes those conversations, you know, I've had some great conversations with people over the over the years. Jackie Scully was a great one for talking about this. And she talked about sometimes those conversations are you're not enjoying this job. I'm going to support you in getting a job that that you want to be doing, you know, more. Um, and whether that's in the business or outside of the business, we're going to stand by. And, and I think more of those conversations should be had because they're honest um, and there's not this kind of anguish that sits for people. And when I look at so many scenarios, Kindness is always uh, honesty for me, just absolutely, you know, but it's just how you um, how you deliver it, I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is how you deliver it and not everyone wants honesty perhaps at that time or, yes. you know, they're just not ready for it or whatever it might be. So that's why I think there's a sort of sometimes a disconnect between what one person thinks is kind and another people thinks is pushy or rude or too honest or whatever it might be and I think um and I've been at you know at both ends of that in life uh where you know and I think that's it I don't think we always think about it from the other person's perspective and and as you say not ever, I don't think everyone does think honesty is kindness I think a lot of people feel that it's better to be a bit of a diplomat or and I find that difficult because a lot of that feels quite fake to me. Yeah. It's, it's not authentic. Yeah. But I, do, I don't think a lot of people want you to be authentic necessarily. They would prefer a little bit of sugar coating. And I, find I think it is easier, difficult. isn't it, to be a bit fake in life because it, you're, you're perceived as a nicer person. And I, I, you know, I, I think I've fallen into the trap of thinking, isn't it better to be honest? And I don't think it is always, <laughs> especially in other people's eyes, even though in an ideal world, we'd all be that, wouldn't we? Yeah. I think when um, it's supporting somebody else in, in whatever way, I think... Uh, Kindness, you know, always works. Uh, honesty always works with kindness. Thank you so much for listening. If you have loved this episode, please do share it with others. Pop on and give a lovely review, but mostly take forwards into your life something that can change someone else's. We are looking for the elusive happiness and kindness is the action that can get us there.